Hello and welcome to Tech Crack, the podcast series brought to you by Sync NI. We are Northern Ireland's leading technology and business media company, and this podcast series will see us interview some of the best, brightest, and most influential thought leaders from across NI's business and tech sectors. Find out more on SyncNI.com or follow us across our social media channels. And enjoy. Happy International Women's Day 2021. I'm journalist Neve Campbell, and today I spoke with Rachel Coulter, the female founder of Animal Manager. Through her own startup, Rachel created the tech platform Stable Manager, which combines her own tech expertise and creativity with her passion for horses. I should mention Rachel is a Grand Prix level dressage writer and previously a software engineer. She recently spoke on the panel for online Startacus event, Tech and Entrepreneurship Growth in NI. Today she speaks to Sync NI about being a female in tech and in business, with some advice for fellow females hoping to find success in these fields too. Yeah, I just felt really inspired by your story and being an early stage female founder, especially in the run up to obviously International Women's Day is today. Can you talk me a wee bit through your journey, just how you wanted to get into the tech sector? And because I know as well, you're a grand pre-level dressage writer. So stereotypically or historically in in sport and in tech, in, in both those sectors, women are rather underrepresented especially just within Northern Ireland so I think your story is really interesting because you know you've crossed those two worlds together to to find um animal managers so can you just talk me through even just the tech part first how you wanted to get involved in the tech sector and and work in that field yeah of course um so yeah I've been I've had a lot of different sort of opportunities that have got me to where I am but I suppose where it started off with was like even way back in school um like I was competing with the horses and taking it quite seriously and I had that sort of choice of do I go full-time into the horses and you know go and work on a yard and I have done that like on summers and stuff but I was like do I pursue that as my career or do I get a career that can fund my <laughs> horsey habits and um, so <laughs> that was kind of the like the decision I had to make and I always was into like IT um although like my school back then it was very much ICT rather than programming but it was kind of the subject that I always liked and you know found that it was interesting I didn't actually mind doing the coursework I was that weirdo um and stuff like that so then I sort of made the very bold decision to go and do computer science claims and I think I didn't really know what I'd let myself in for but like it was a real like it was equally probably one of the toughest things I've done and like the most rewarding because it's a really hard degree. <laughs> yeah. But it like, I, I was a bit of a baptism of fire, but um, I decided to do that. But then in a way, the whole way through my sort of like time at Queens and stuff, um, I did, you know, various placements and working in the summer and stuff. I always find myself really drawn to the business side of things. And I'm sure my mom wouldn't wouldn't have been surprised at all because my favorite TV program growing up was The Apprentice and I was watching that from like the first season. So, <laughs> but yeah, I always felt really drawn to that side of things. And I found that it was nearly frustrating whenever you were given a small project, um, you know, within like whatever company you were working in. And I was like, oh, but it's really annoying me that the interlinking systems aren't you know optimized in a way and it'd be really cool if we could do this and I was like no, that annoying employee he's like it'd be really cool if we could do this and this and this and they were like right we have a roadmap so chill <laughs> so it was kind of a natural evolution to go into the tech world um in, in the business sort of um, and do my own software startup so that's kind of how I got to where I am now um I've had a lot of support along the way um but to be honest I think 
the biggest thing is actually just listening to yourself and going what actually like keeps me awake at night like what makes me excited to start every day and instead of just listening to people going oh yeah go and get a job in one of these big four tech companies and you know earn a load of money if it's starting a business that's the thing that actually makes you excited like go for it because I, I sort of was conflicted with that my whole way through my degree but I'm glad I am where I am now. A hundred percent and then I think as well the fact that you were able to I, I love that phrase as well horsey habits <laughs> um, <laughs> because you were able to combine like that is your passion you know your hobby is your passion and it's always the sort of saying if you if you do what you love you know you'll never work a day in your life and you um you know you created your your tech platform around that and around dressage and the the sort of health and well-being of of horses and animals um do you want to even just sort of talk me through because obviously it's your you're the founder and ceo of animal manager do you want to talk me through a wee bit about what exactly the platform does and where the inspiration came from yeah so well like the inspiration came from like i've worked on yards from like small riding schools and sales yards where they you know bring in horses train them and sell them all the way up to like an Olympic level competition yard where they had horses worth millions, you know, and really at that sort of elite level. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole way through, I was just always frustrated by the lack of technology in the sector um, where everything's paper-based, everything's phone calls, waiting for somebody to call you back. Um, and then on the business side of things, if you're actually trying to start out as a riding instructor or a rider or, you know, a competition rider, breeder, anything like that, it really is so, there's so many obstacles put in your way through, oh, well, you need to know somebody through word of mouth or you need to, you know, get to these competitions at this level. Whereas I always was frustrated by, well, this could be done with tech, you know, booking your farrier or your physio or your dentist for your horse. You should be able to sit in January and book them, you know, every eight weeks um, from January to December. But then if you've got 40 horses and maybe one of them needs, I don't know, to see the physio every four weeks and another one needs it every six weeks and another one needs it you know two weeks after a competition it becomes like a logistical nightmare trying to plan it all so that's basically what stable manager does and stable manager takes the brunt of um all that sort of administrative workload and helps you schedule all the care for your horses automatically you can see at a glance when they're due you know like say you've got five horses that need to see the physio in May, let's get the physio out once, give them like a full day of work, which keeps your physio happy. And it means you're not paying multiple call out fees. And so that's kind of where I really came with Stable Manager was building something that worked for horse owners rather than an equine businesses, rather than telling equine businesses, you need to run your business this way to be able to use this app. So it's really from the ground up built for horse owners and equine businesses from a horsey girl myself. Yeah, um, it's it is unreal as well because I think, like you say, when you're in university and stuff, and you're and you're doing your degree or you're working away, getting placement, and you're sort of encouraged to go into the big tech companies because that's really make the money and that's really start out. But I I personally feel quite inspired and encouraged by the fact that you were just like, well, no, I want to do my own thing and I I have these ideas and I want to do something that I am passionate about. And in terms of like creating your own business, because because you're a, a relatively young female founder as well. How did you even go about that? You know, for anyone that's listening, um, not even just women, I know it is International Women's Day, but anyone that is sort of young or thinking about starting their own business, but it's just sometimes not seen as, as the done thing to do. You know, you're sort of encouraged to go, to go into those big companies and get all the experience first. And entrepreneurs in this country can sometimes be seen as, you know, you just think of stuffy 
older men in suits, but you know, people like yourself are really breaking that stereotype. How do you actually begin um, planning your own business and creating your own business? And what sort of advice would you give to those younger generations of, of men and women that are, are looking to do something like that themselves? Yeah, so if anybody heard my um, talk at the Science Festival, you're going to hear my Michelle Obama quote again. Um, because this I love is it. one I just like live by. Because um, like, there's a really good quote from her husband, um, or, you know, Barack Obama. Um, <laughs> her husband, you know, Mr. Obama, him, he's somewhat important, you know. Um, but yeah, he did a really good thing where he um, basically quoted that he's not an expert in everything he has these experts around him that he can learn from and that he asks questions throughout the day and that he you know asks something like 10,000 questions a day or there's something that he's quoted and I read that and kind of went yeah but that's all well and good when you're Barack Obama and you've got you know everybody respects you and nobody's going to think that oh he doesn't know what he's talking about because he's Barack Obama but then I found a quote from uh, Michelle Obama she was interviewed by Oprah and Oprah was like, how do you cope um, sitting in a room full of all these like really intelligent, um, like world leading men? Like, do you not feel like you're really like threatened by it? <laughs> Her response, so we bit tongue in cheek was, um, first of all, you find out that most of them aren't that smart. <laughs> and like, you know, it's, it's a bit, it's a funny way of saying it, but in a way that's what I really find in the tech world is that nobody has it all figured out. Um, you know, the most senior entrepreneur specialist in their field will still have parts of their business that they need to rely on others for, whether it's, you know, the finance side or the legal side. And there's nothing wrong with having that. Like, you don't need to be an expert at everything. Um, I think it's just being able to ask the questions and kind of having the, like, putting your ego aside and going, do you know what? I need to just ask somebody, hey, what would be a good way for me to do this? And like even to your customers as well. So that's like something I'm really passionate about is if a customer comes to me and they're like, hey, I'm trying to do this thing in Steel Manager and I don't know how to do it. That's not an opportunity for me to go, oh, you're doing it wrong. This is how you should be doing it. It's an opportunity to like listen to them and go, right. So she's, you know, say on the yard trying to do this functionality and she doesn't know how to. Maybe I can tweak the system to make it more user-friendly, you know, and like it's kind of always taking that feedback um, and yeah, that's kind of my sort of big thing with that is just put yourself in situations that terrify you because it's like growth is painful. <laughs> I can tell you that <laughs> my sleep has definitely been impacted this past like year or two, but it's putting yourself in situations that make you go Ooh, deep breath, jump off the cliff is where you're going to grow. Um, and like, I don't, I'm not, I'm a big advocate as well for getting industry experience. Like I did my placement year with SAP, which are a global um, e-business provider so they're like a huge company and I learned a lot from that and you know I took a grad job whenever I left uni because <laughs> full transparency didn't have the money to <laughs> just go and self-employed um, and like I learned a lot from there too and um, I think it's always knowing where you want to go and knowing that the path isn't necessarily a straight line there may be a few <laughs> wiggles in it but you know where you're aiming for and that would sort of be my big thing if that answers the question. <laughs> Yeah, no, 100%. Even like quotes. I love that quote whenever you said it at the, at the start of this like, tech and entrepreneurship um, webinar. Like, I love that quote from Michelle Obama. And it just like sort of makes me think of all these other quotes that I've heard over the years, like just sort of fake it till you make it. And 70% and of, of anything of confidence is just self-belief. You know, even if you don't have all the answers, because like you said, no one does. 
and um you know the comfort zone is really pretty but nothing ever grows there so it is about getting out of that comfort zone because you know how else will you improve and grow if you're just constantly comfortable with what you're doing um do you find Rachel you know starting out as a, as a woman in tech and entrepreneurship are there any challenges that you yourself have faced or are there any you know sort of similarly are there any organizations that have helped you on your journey so definitely like I I would love to be able to sit here and say that you know as a woman in business or a woman in tech um, you don't face problems and everything's equal and we, we get the same opportunities and we're taking it seriously and I would be just lying if I said that um, there's definitely been situations I've been in where people have made comments about oh it's nice that a wee horsey girl's doing something you know like she's playing at business that sort of thing and I'm oh, like patronizing. yeah like I've definitely got that but at the same time there's real like and you know, I need to acknowledge my own privilege too, you know. So yeah, I'm a woman in tech, but I'm white, I'm young, I luckily don't have, you know, kids to feed because flip me, they might I'm earning. Um, that would be difficult. Um, but yeah, so like I have a lot of things that make it easier for me as well. But I think there's real power in like connecting with people on the same level as you, you know, the same like who face the same struggles and like understand situations. So um, I'm on the Propel program and I'm on there. It's, it's ran by Ignite Northern Ireland, their um, pre-accelerator. And that's where Chris McClelland and Ian Brown um, alongside Victoria Coulter, um, who we're not related, by the way. Everybody asks that, but we're not. <laughs> <laughs> like they've run a really good program in terms of giving me the skills in, you know, even like understanding funding or understanding investment. Like my mum works in the NHS and my dad's an engineer could not be less self-employed if you tried <laughs> so like even things like what is tax what is VAT you know and they've covered like everything from the ground up in a really non-patronizing way so it's been great to be able to like connect with people and um Victoria who runs who helps run the program and um, she's um, created sort of like a woman's network within the Propel alumni and the current members so it's been great I've actually got a session with them later on today and it's just great to be able to speak to people who've been through it um, and then Alistair Cameron and Lee Heron run um, Impact and Founders, which is kind of a, an off branch of Startagus. Um, and it's all for female founders in um, Northern Ireland. Um, I think originally the programme was mainly in the Derry area, but um, we've now sort of expanded it to Northern Ireland. And it's been great in terms of putting me in touch with people who are, you know, like three, four years on. Like they're not so far ahead that they can't remember what it was like to be little old me. But um, also they're able to go, hey, actually, we came across this problem and yeah, this was like the wrong path to go down. We would now go down this way and getting that kind of it's like it's mentorship, but it's like the formal, you know, you are my mentor. <laughs> Just a great place to ask questions. And then women in business as well um, have a lot of um, opportunities for women in business, funny enough. Um, I've done a couple of their programs and like they've been really great. And then like right at the uni level, like I can't forget Enterprise SUE um, at Queen's there, the Enterprise Department for Queen's. And they were amazing getting me started off with the really basic questions like, how do you register a company? <laughs> and stuff like that. I now look back and go, oh, well, that's easy. But at the time you didn't know. So yeah, the whole way, there's definitely been people who've sort of guided me and helped me. And most importantly, it's putting yourself in networks where you can ask those questions. And you're putting yourself in situations where people are trying to help you. So whenever you go, hey, how would you do a, you know, an app Facebook ad strategy? Or 
how would you utilize social media influencers? There's people who know that and have done it and you can ask them those questions. So that's been like really good to have that support. Yeah, I think as well, even just you saying like asking the most basic questions, like how do you even register a company or um, like even about tax and investment, a lot of people are kind of scared if they don't do, they feel like they need to have done a degree or a diploma in business studies to go and create a business. But quite often that's not even the case. And similarly, you know, one thing that they were talking about in the tech and entrepreneurship webinar was that you don't have to be really mildly educated in tech to be a techie or to work in tech or to have an idea for tech. Um, like personally, I just think as well, Rachel, your story stuck up to me too, because you are a techie, you know, and I know you won like the 2020 Women Who Code hack for her hackathon. And you've talked extensively about the future of artificial intelligence in Northern Ireland. So you obviously are well versed in it, but you've also got that sort of creativity um, because people think that tech is just about coding and, and people hear, you know, Python and coding, they're they just automatically switch off. But then whenever you hear stuff like, oh, well, she's created this platform for horses and for animals, you know what I mean? It's just so creative. And, you know, would you have any advice for anybody who, you know, does have an idea, but they're maybe not necessarily well-versed in business or, or the tech environment? Yeah, um, well, even like, so yeah, I'm a software engineer and I'll say something that a lot of software engineers will probably not be um, too happy with me saying, but you can only be a specialist in a small field. So, you know, I would say a lot of my strengths lie in the artificial intelligence, data science, machine learning. That was kind of the bit that I did the most like real life work in. Um, and then I sort of learned the app development and I was like, right, okay, I know obviously, you know, I've done loads of years learning how to code. Um, so let's jump in and learn this. But I would still say like, I'm not an expert in blockchain, you know? So if somebody was an expert in blockchain, they may not know how to build an app. Um, and there's like that whole, it's like, it's nearly this like curtain people hide behind where they go, oh, um, I would need to be a software engineer to have a tech company. Whereas actually the majority, if you look at the majority of um, tech founders, you know, um, software startups, most of them aren't software engineers. Um, having a really good, you know, CTO or head of development or, you know, just a senior engineer is a brilliant resource to have. But actually you can't be a truly effective CEO on a, you know, a, a larger scale if you're doing all the coding yourself, you know, and that's kind of something I've struggled with where like I've been building stable manager with very little help. And I know that if I was to scale this, I do need to bring people in and that's like in the plans. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't let that stop you. Um, in terms of like, it depends on your whether you want to bootstrap a business or go down the VC route. There's a lot of really good companies have got loads of VC funding, loads of pre-seed and seed funding with no code apps or no code websites um, using, you know, the various tools that are available and proven that people will buy it, you know, and yeah, okay, a no code app probably won't scale all the way to, you know, a global business, but it can get you that funding and it can sort of unlock the next door. And then for somebody who maybe is in the software engineering side of things, but doesn't know about business, a lot of it you learn as you do it. And your sort of your growth again, I keep on saying this growth thing, but your growth kind of just goes from taking that leap and going, right, I don't know this now, but even having the awareness of what you don't know is like the first step because then you can go, right, let's go and do some research on that. Or let's go and, you know, find an accountant who can make sure that I don't, you know, <laughs> go under. Um, or, you know, let's find a solicitor to make sure that there's a, the legal stuff's in place. Like, 
it's just taking that next step and not sort of going, oh, flip me, I want to be here in five years. How am I going to get there? Sometimes you need to go back to, right, where am I today? And what's one thing I can do to push that needle towards where I want to be in five years? That'd be my sort of advice. Definitely. Um, small successes sort of, but consistently. And just you saying as well, like it's okay to not know things, but to know that you don't know them. Um, there's a quote as well I read, I think it's like Brian Keane. He, he's sort of like into, into the fitness industry, but he has like sort of these inspirational books. And one of the things he says is, there's there's three things that you just need to be aware of and it's like the things you know the things you don't know and then there's things that you don't know you don't know so yeah. <laughs> you're all, you're always going to be learning and improving and I think as well when people see successful um business founders or just anyone that's successful in any field they're like oh they have it all figured out but they don't you know it's about you never have it all figured out and the most successful people are know that and are constantly figuring new things out and having building small successes every day and yeah I think one of the great example of that is another one of I'm putting this out into the universe can Sarah Blakely and I meet please <laughs> she, so Sarah Blakely's the CEO and founder of Spanx um, she still owns 100% of Spanx um, which you know if you think about the traditional way to build a business it's you give away equity so that you know you can get some funding in and then you sell the business after a couple of years. Or Sarah Blakely just turned that in its head. And like she started out with, like she cut um, the legs off a pair of tights because she wanted um, like some support underneath her dress or trousers, whatever she was wearing to make her look, you know, a bit more streamlined. And she used to do pitches. Like there was one um, where she did a pitch with somebody and they turned around and sort of went, no, we're not going to stock this product. And she was like, can you come to the toilet with me? And they were like, excuse me. <laughs> She literally had like a pair of white jeans on her white trousers and she was like, look at my butt. And then she went into the bathroom stall and then she came out wearing these like prototype spanks and went, doesn't my butt look better? And she got the doodle. <laughs> there's like so many examples of like, I just think she's awesome. But the fact that like you can run your business the way you want to. Um, a bootstrap business isn't necessarily just, you know, a small business that's never going to grow. Just like how you could go down the venture route and decide, do you know what, actually, this isn't going to go, you know, worldwide the way I thought it would. You know, there's different ways of running your business and what your gut's telling you is rarely wrong. Um, and I just think, yeah, like, she's like a multi-billionaire now. Um, I'm sure, like, everybody's wearing, like, Spanx now even do, like, leggings and T-shirts and outerwear. It's not just, like, shapewear for women. Yeah. And I just think she, if, if you ever want some inspiration, just listen to her podcasts because she's brilliant. <laughs> A hundred percent. I love that as it. It's just the bravery. It's like there's no, there's never just one way to do something. Um, you know, like there's a million different ways, and maybe the way that you want to do something hasn't even been done before. Because I'm pretty sure, like before her, no one else was like in a in a pitch meeting giving an elevator pitch, like come to the toilet for me. So it's about the game for you. <laughs> um, no, that's so that's so good. That's so inspirational. Thank you so much, Rachel. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Maybe that I haven't covered. Um, no, I suppose if anybody is in the horse world, um, stable managers currently take applications for early access. So that'll be the first people coming onto the platform. We'll be closing that over the next couple of weeks. Um, so if you are interested, all the details are on www.stablemanager.tech, short for technology. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, there's a big button there and you can just sign up. So if anybody's um, a horse owner, an equine business, anything like that, or if anybody wants to get in touch, I'm sure my details will be on this. And 
I'm always up for well a Zoom coffee, but you never know with the way everything's going, we may get like real coffee soon. So and <laughs> <laughs> like praying for that day for real coffee. I've been saying that for a year, but yeah. I know. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rachel. That's it for this week's episode of Tech Crack. For all things tech and business in Northern Ireland, visit syncni.com. Have a good week.